Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon at Fountain City Church. We hope that you are blessed by this message today. If you'd like to learn more, you can check out our website at fountaincity.org. We're going to pass giving containers here in just a moment. And uh, as we do, I'm going to introduce my friend and Pastor Gilbert Nestor. Um, So if you want to give, go ahead and get these things ready, these little envelopes. Uh, These are all tax deductible, by the way. So whenever you give, it is a tax deductible gift to the church. Um, You guys feel free to come on. Y'all can start passing those containers. Um, Through the years, Pastor Nestor, how long have we known each other? It's like 10 years, maybe? Okay. It's been quite some time. I was on staff at Evangel Temple here uh, in Columbus, and the Lord gave us an incredible gift in Gilbert and Kathy Nestor. Uh, they were transplants. The Lord sent them from, uh, from different roads and brought uh, them into our church family. And um, I remember feeling like every time I sat down with Pastor Nestor or talked to Miss Kathy, that there was this, this tremendous well of of spiritual wisdom and knowledge and depth. And I remember feeling like I had so much to learn. I still do. I'm, I'm going to tap them, you know, forever about what it means to be a person of spiritual warfare and prayer and understanding how to war in the spirit. And um, there are a few people uh, that, that garnered as much respect and honor as I have uh, for Pastor Gilbert and Miss Kathy. And so um, they have been a, a huge blessing to me. And we haven't even engaged as much as I would like. I, we kind of have tried in loops through the years, and it's going to get better. Um, but this morning, we have a deep honor. It's a deep honor for them to be with us and to share and to see how the Lord has had his hand on them and their family through the years. And so I want you guys to do me a favor. I want you to give um, my friend, Pastor Nestor, the biggest welcome that you can right now. Go ahead. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, that's good. Thank you very much, Pastor Grant. And good morning, Saints. It's good to be with you. Thanks for your warm welcome. Um, first of all, before I begin, I just want to recognize um, my wife, who is here with me, Kathy. And um, of course, m- most of you would know Melissa, our daughter. God has blessed us um, with three awesome children two sons and a daughter, and um, we thank God for each one of them. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, um, as I was praying, you know, I I, I pray for Pastor Grant and his family, and also I was praying for this congregation, and the Lord Lord showed me something that I just want to share with you before I I turn to the word. The Lord just showed me a, 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 a huge flowing stream. And out of that stream were uh, what I would call rivulets, small streams going different directions. And what the Lord was saying is that, is that this, no matter what you see now, this ministry will blossom into a huge stream. And as a result, there will be small streams of blessing flowing to other parts of this land. Not only that, but, but globally. So that this church will be a blessing to the globe. Amen? And, and, and yes, says the spirit of grace. I am with you. For I have called you at this time. 
Who has despised the day of small beginnings? For I am the one who will take you to the level that you have designed, that you have desired, and that I have designed. Though sometimes the road will be steep, like a spiral, like the ascending levels of a spiral, but I am the one who is with you. Do not be discouraged, for this situation now will become your terms of reference when you will say, look what the Lord has done. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, Pastor Grant has asked me to share with, with you from the book of, of Mark, chapter 1. Mark, chapter 1. Uh, Mark, chapter 1, of course, the book of Mark is a very powerful book. It is believed to be the first gospel that was written. And um, there were some very powerful things in the first chapter. It talks about uh, Jesus' Galilean ministry, beginning from verse 21. Mark chapter 1, beginning from verse 21. It says, they went to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath, when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he, ta he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in, the, in their synagogue who, had, who was possessed by a, an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know you who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out with a shriek. The people were all amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching? And with authority, he even gives orders to evil spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. We exalt you. As your servants, as your sons and daughters, we surrender ourselves to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Mighty and powerful Holy Spirit, we honor you in this place. For you are the author of all these writings. And so we know you are the one who will give us revelation and illumination that will take us to another dimension. We give you thanks today in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said, this, this, this book is a very powerful book because um, we, we refer to Mark as the suddenly guy. He usually, uh, you know, out of the blue says, suddenly something spectacular happens. Something, Jesus worked a miracle. Jesus did something that was awesome. Something that was surprising. Now in this case, it is, it is important to note that Jesus, the Bible says, went into the synagogue. Now, Going to the synagogue on the Sabbath day was 
one of the normal things, one of the norms of the Jewish culture. They would go to that synagogue and, and, and um, not, 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 every, not every time they would have a spe special speaker. Sometimes they would, uh, you know, maybe a traveling speaker would come and, and open the scriptures and would read to them and, and so on and they would listen. But that day, hallelujah, that day was a day with a difference. You know why? Because Jesus showed up. <laughs> you know, when Jesus shows up into a situation, things cannot remain the same. There had to be something different. So the Bible says Jesus shows up. And of course, Jesus was invited. I believe he knew already what was going to happen, Pastor Grant, because he knows all things. So as Jesus begins to, to, to speak to the, to, to the people, he, he teaches them. There are a few things that are noted about Jesus. The scripture says when he began to teach, the people were amazed. <laughs> They were dumbfounded. They had never seen that before, Pastor Grant. It was a first time for all of them who were present. Because Jesus was not teaching like the others did. <laughs> they were accustomed with the rabbis, the teachers, you know, teaching. And, and, and as they taught, their teaching was based on what other people had said. So they would quote the scriptures and they would give an interpretation. Rabbi Timotheus says this about the scriptures. Rabbi Shemiah says this about the scriptures. They would, he would, they would quote the other rabbis to, to, to reinforce what they were saying. But Jesus didn't approach with that method. <laughs> Jesus used a method that was never used before. Jesus just taught as coming straight from the Lord. Hallelujah. It was said by them of old time. But I say unto you. This is what the scripture says. This is what Isaiah says. And this is what it means to you and me. So the Bible says the people were amazed and dumbfounded. Because as Jesus began to teach them, they realized, wait a minute, this is, this, this is different. This is different. So they began to make remarks. Wow. He speaks with such authority. He does not follow the pattern of the other teachers. He speaks with such authority. And one thing we notice about Jesus is that Jesus carried himself with authority wherever he went. Because he was the legitimate authority. So the, the Bible tells us, as Jesus spoke and taught, the people listened. His statements were made with firmness, precision, dignity, and emphasis. It was different. Because what he had to say was so critical, was so important. It was not just somebody commenting on a commentary, but it was somebody making declarations. Jesus was teaching about the kingdom he came to establish. But one of the things we notice is that as Jesus was teaching, as he was expressing the truths about 
the kingdom he came to establish. The scripture tells us Satan showed up. And I'll tell you this. Wherever God's people are, wherever the presence of God is, Satan will try to raise his ugly head. Why? Because he wants to create a smoke screen. <coughs> he wants to detract from what is important. And so the scripture tells us, as, as Jesus is teaching, of course Jesus was, 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 had, had proven himself. He had proven himself to have that authority because Jesus himself, he submitted to the Father. Remember that. He submitted to the Father in baptism. <laughs> he surrendered himself to that. He submitted himself. He submitted himself to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit led him. Say, led him. Into the wilderness, he submitted. So now it was the time for him to display his authority. Glory to God. You see, authority comes from submission. So Jesus is about to demonstrate that authority very clearly. What we see here in the scripture is what we would consider as a clash of kingdoms. Hallelujah. A clash of kingdoms. There is about to be a demonstration of the clash that is even now existing between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And let me say this, beloved. It's too late to turn back. You're already part of that clash. <laughs> You're you already a citizen of the kingdom of God. And the fight began. It began when Jesus came to earth. Glory to God. And it is continuing right now. And every day, whether you and I are aware of it or not, that fight is going on. That battle is going on. But guess who is winning? We as God's people are winning. Hallelujah. He has already declared the victory even before the battle is over. And so the Bible says, there was a man who was possessed with a demon. Uh, in the parallel passage in Luke chapter 4, the Bible says, he was possessed by a demon an evil spirit, a further explanation. And it was, you know, it was, a, it was something that people in, 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 in the then known world were acquainted with, which probably they had taken it for granted. As a matter of fact, they had termed them lunatics. <laughs> and their belief was that the person was moonstruck. And when you are moonstruck, it gets you out of your mind. They had not understood fully the operation of the kingdom of darkness. And now Jesus, the son of God, Jesus, the master of every situation, is about to demonstrate not only by his speech, but by his action that he is master of all. And so the Bible tells us that demon began to speak, <laughs> addresses Jesus. Jesus, what do you want with us? No, no, no. If you notice, if you notice, although the devil refers to him as 
the Holy One of God. I know you who you are. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But there are two things we will note about what the devil is doing right now. Number one, he is causing a major distraction. <laughs> he is causing, because remember, the people are supposed to be meditating upon the teaching of Jesus. Because the teaching of Jesus was a matter of life and death. Eternity of, of this, the eternity of these people were hanging on what Jesus was saying. But here he comes and makes a whole lot of noise. And screams. The Bible says he cried at the top of his voice. What do you want with us, Jesus? Now, there is one thing that is happening here is he is attempting to frighten the people from committing their lives to Jesus. <laughs> here it is. Jesus is teaching words of life. As the song says, wonderful words of life. But the demon is saying, what do you want with us? So he's distracting the people so that they do not concentrate on what Jesus is teaching. So he frightens the people. <laughs> And secondly, what he does is that he frightens them into believing Jesus is here to destroy. Now listen, we are, we are, we are thinking or we are looking at a, 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 an audience that is not that versed in, in spiritual warfare. What Jesus knows, they do not know. Amen. So when that man speaks... They are thinking these people who do not who who are not spiritually perceptive. They, they think, well, you know, you know, this man is 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 is, is rebuking Jesus. He's saying some things bad about him, you know, and, and 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 so and so right there in their minds, things are racing through their minds. Things are going through their minds. Jesus is here for devastation, says the demon. Have you come to destroy us now? Of course Jesus came to destroy the demons, not the people. But the people do not have the sense to make the, to make, you know, to detect between the two. <laughs> so, 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 so the Bible says Jesus responds immediately. I love that. Jesus responds immediately. What does it say? Shut up. Be quiet and come out of him. Oh, what authority. What authority. Amen. The interesting thing here, the interesting thing here is that, is that the demons are saying, we know who you are, Jesus. We know you. But the people he came to save in the previous verses in, in Luke chapter 4, they were trying to kill him. <laughs> when Jesus spoke and taught them, you know what they did? They took him, the Bible says, and they dragged him to the brow of a hill and they were about to cast him down. But he just walked through the crowd and escaped. The people he came to redeem want to kill him. But the demons know, we know who you are. And so the Bible says, when Jesus says to the demon, shut up and come out of him, immediately the demon recognized authority. Say with me, authority. 
the demons recognized authority. Jesus was certainly not in rebellion. Jesus was totally submitted to the Father. So when Jesus spoke with that authority, the Father backed him up. <laughs> so listen to that, beloved. When you and I speak with authority that is under submission, demons must respect that authority. Are you hearing me? Because there is a chain, a, a, a chain that is linked back to the Father. <laughs> and so the Bible says the demons immediately left the man. You know, I remember as I think of that, I remember there is a reference in the book of Acts chapter 17. And the demons love to do that. Acts chapter seven, uh, 16, sorry. Where the Bible says Paul and his companions had gone to the city of Philippi. And um, they were preaching and teaching. And there came that servant girl, the Bible says, who followed Paul and his companions for many days. And what the, all the servant girl was doing, Pastor Grant, is announcing the crusade. <laughs> At first value, there's nothing wrong with that. These be the servants of the Most High God who have come to teach us how to be saved. Wow, when you have an evangelist and you're getting free advertisement, that, 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 that appears to be a good thing. Except she wasn't normal. Are you with me? At the back of it, at the back of it, Paul knew. The Bible says Paul was grieved in the spirit because there was a distraction. There was a distraction. So the Bible says after the, the Holy Spirit motivated Paul, he turned to that young woman and said, come out of her. You false spirit. He addressed it immediately. And so he always seeks to do that. He always seeks to get the attention away from what is real and what is necessary. So Jesus orders him. I love both, both Luke and Matthew. They, they use the word order. He ordered the demon. <laughs> he did not pray. And well... You know, and, and as the demon, he commanded. Are you with me? Like, 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 like a person in charge to a subordinate. He ordered the demon to come out. And so that authority enables Jesus to speak to those demons, and they recognized him. So, so, so the casting out of that demon is a visible manifestation, a visible indication of the clash of kingdoms. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus came to planet earth because he, he wanted to not only save humanity, but destroy the works of the devil. So while Satan, the Bible tells us, Satan, you know, had his merry way. When Jesus arrived on the scene, there was a an open clash. Jesus began to, as a matter of fact, the Bible doesn't say Jesus went to seek out demons. Wherever Jesus showed up, they, would, they were compelled to manifest. They couldn't hide anymore. Are you with me? The, the, the authority of Jesus made them uncomfortable. 
And so they couldn't hide anymore. They had to reveal themselves so that Jesus could deal with them squarely. I love what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 28. And verse, Matthew 12 and verse 28, sorry. Where <laughs> the Bible says, No man can enter a strong man's house and spoil his goods and take his possessions unless he first binds the strong man. When he has bound the strong man, then he can take his possessions. Now let's listen. Jesus knew he came to an earth that was hostile. Are you with me? As a matter of fact, even from the time, my beloved sister, of the announcement of his birth, Satan, Satan's binoculars were looking. Looking. And I believe when the angelic messenger left heaven and went down to, to Bethlehem to announce Jesus, is a, the, 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 the demons saw that. They, they observed. They knew something was happening. They knew the prophecy and they knew the time was coming for Messiah to be manifested to the world. And so they were on the lookout. But Jesus knew what he was about. He understood his purpose. Glory to God. And so Jesus dealt with those demons squarely. He orders them to come out of him. And of course, we, we are told, the, the Bible describes what happens through the man to the ground. And, 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 and the Bible tells us, finally left without hurting him. You know, I'm learning something because I remember the days as a young Christian when the experience that I had heard about, Pastor Grant, is that people would spend sometimes hours battling with a demon or possessed person. And, and in those times, because of ignorance, because of lack of knowledge, we did a lot of foolishness. <laughs> you know, I heard that, you know, I wasn't there, but I heard that true story that happened in, in college. You know, some students, there was that demon-possessed um, woman, and some students went, went to pray for her, for her deliverance. And so, you know, that, that, that one of the students in all, in all, in all his zeal, he, he, you know, he made, some, he made a statement. He said, he said to, the dev, to the demon, I smash your face. <laughs> the demon said, I have no face. <laughs> that's foolishness that's ignorance God wants us to know the truth amen the truth is the authority is not in who we are not our physical ability or ingenuity the, 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 it is in the, the name of Jesus the authority that lies in the name of Jesus so Jesus spoke and cast out those demons. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that Jesus cast out those devils by a word. <laughs> Hallelujah. He, he did not pray a long, drawn-out prayer. He just spoke a command. And when he spoke that command, the demons knew who he was. And they had no choice but to obey. 1 John 3 it says, Jesus came for the express purpose of destroying the works of the devil. And let me tell you this, he's still destroying today. Are you with me? 
Every person that gets healed, every person that turns their life to Christ, come on, it is, it is the, the kingdom of God clashing with the kingdom of darkness and beating it down. <laughs> Hallelujah, I love that. And so the Bible tells us, in response, the audience, <laughs> uh, the audience are saying, wait a minute, what kind of teaching is this? What kind of teaching? For with authority, they observe that. We never saw that before. With authority, he gives orders or commands to evil spirits and what? They obey him. <laughs> As a matter of fact, in Luke, in, in the reference in Luke, Luke uses two words to describe that action. Luke says, with authority and power. He joined the two together. And, 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 and although they, 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 are, they are two related words, but they are distinct in terms of their meaning. The word authority, exousia, it means the right. Hallelujah. A person can have the right to do something, but he do not have the power to do it. Amen? And a person can also have the power to do something, but they don't have the right to do it. <laughs> Amen? Jesus had both combined in one person. He had the right Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. You know something? One of the things I've learned in the scriptures is that demons are alien entities. They are illegal. Say illegal. They have no right. When a demon tries to torment you, he will only succeed if you don't know who you are and who Jesus is. He has no right. Jesus says, all power is given unto me. <laughs> That's what Jesus says in heaven and in earth. So, so, so he had the right to do it, and he also had the power, the ability, the dunamis. The word dunamis speaks of God's inherent omnipotent power. The power that, that resides in a person, a thing, by virtue of its nature. So not only did Jesus have authority, he had the ability. Oh, glory to God. Number one, he was the son of God. Oh, he is the son of God. He still is. So, so Luke says, with authority and power, he commands the evil spirits and they obey him. Why do they obey him? Because they had already said, we know who you are. <laughs> Not like what Acts tells us about the seven sons of Sceva. Who they saw Paul and the other apostles casting out demons and they went to try it. We know the end result of what happened to them. We adjure you in the name of, of Jesus whom Paul preaches. They did not have a personal relation. They, had not, they were not under submission, Pastor Grant. Hallelujah. They had never submitted to Jesus. And so there was no flow of authority. Hallelujah. You see, when Paul and Peter spoke to those demons, the demons had to obey because the demons recognized in whose authority they were saying what they were saying. 
But here, the Bible tells us that the people recognize, for with authority and power, <laughs> he commands the evil spirits, and they obey him. So Jesus demonstrates that visible clash of the kingdoms. He demonstrates that before the people. And the people, they are amazed. They say, what kind of teaching is this? Yes, it's a new teaching. It's the kingdom teaching. Hallelujah. It's the arrival of the kingdom of God on planet earth in the person of Jesus Christ. And let me say this. Let's be reminded. I know you know that. But this kingdom is here in Columbus. Are you with me? This kingdom is here in Fountain City Assembly. Glory to God. And listen, you and I are beneficiaries, citizens of that kingdom. You know, one of the things that, that, that Jesus said to Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 3.3. 3. He cannot see. And that word see means perceive, grasp, understand. In other words, you will not understand before you come to Jesus, but you will understand as you come to Jesus. Because he begins to show you what the kingdom is. He begins to show you, wait a minute. When you first accept me as your Lord and Savior, that's the beginning. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's the beginning. Because when you enter a kingdom... What happens is you begin to realize, wait a minute, there, are, there, there is much privilege available for me that I did not know about before. So God begins to reveal to you the secrets of his kingdom, the benefits of his kingdom, the blessings of his kingdom. And so the Bible tells us the crowd is amazed. What kind of teaching is this that with authority he commands the evil spirits, and they obey him. There is a passage which, <laughs> in, my, in part of my Christian life, that is, I remember, you know, hearing because of the teaching I was given, I, I worried about it because, you know, it, you know it, it was somewhat puzzled and challenging. It is found in Matthew chapter 17, and I will tell you what it is. If you don't have to turn. I will tell you what it is. That this, the disciples had gone up to the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. And the Bible says, as they came down from the mountain, um, Jesus left his disciples, a few of his disciples, and um, he, he took with him Peter, James, and John, and, and they went up. And, and when, he came down, when he came down from the mount, he met the disciples. You know, in fact, there was a commotion. <laughs> the commotion. So one man stepped out of the audience and said, Jesus, my son is possessed and tormented by a demon. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cast him out. And the Bible says, when Jesus heard that, Jesus lamented. And notice Pastor Grant. He did not lament about the power of the devil. He lamented about what? The unbelief, the lack of faith. Of his disciples. Oh unbelieving generation. How long shall I suffer you? How long shall I be with you? Bring the boy to me. And the Bible says Jesus spoke a command. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Jesus spoke a command, and, and the Bible says immediately, the boy was delivered. Later on, of course, if I was in the disciples' place, I would want to find out what went wrong. So they asked the disciples, Jesus, the disciples asked Jesus, well, 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 master, why couldn't we cast him out? And what was Jesus' answer? He says, because of your unbelief. Because of your lack of faith. In other words, their lack of faith did not bring them to that place, to that realm where they understood their authority was from Jesus. And being submitted to his authority, demons must bow. Now we don't know what their method was, but whatever the method was, it wasn't working. And Jesus gave them an object lesson. And then he says to them, Look, if you have faith, <laughs> hallelujah, you shall be able to say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast, and nothing shall be impossible with you. Now, Jesus teaches them, look, it is your faith that failed. It is not because the demon was, quote, quote, too powerful. There is no demon that is powerful when it comes to the power and the authority of Jesus. And then Jesus made a statement, and that's where I believe in many instances I have, you know, I, based on the teaching I had, I had misunderstood until someone, one of our superintendents, shared it and, 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 and brought something that I'd never seen before. When Jesus says, nevertheless, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. And somebody says, this kind goeth not out but by prayer. Now, we were thought, I was thought, that it is the kind of demon. <laughs> In other words, there were some demons that would leave when you speak, and there were some demons when you had to go and pray and fast. In order, your objective is, I'm going to pray and fast, and I'm coming. If you're doing that, it's in yourself, not in Christ. Because you already have this, the authority. Now, what was Jesus saying? He was talking, remember, the context is because of your what? Your own belief, your lack of faith. So what Jesus was saying is, this lack of faith, it will take prayer and fasting. Jesus cast out demons by a word of command. It is your lack of faith that causes you not to be able. But if you want to come up to that level of faith, prayer and fasting, you know, uh, glory to God. There are tremendous uh, uh, benefits in prayer and fasting because why? It's, it sharpens your spiritual senses. Glory to God. It makes you acutely aware of who Jesus is. It makes you acutely aware of who dwells within you so that when you speak, you don't speak your mind. You speak what the Holy Spirit is saying through you. So this kind of unbelief, and, and I'm sure those of you who have prayed and fasted, you, 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 you know that prayer and fasting sharpens your spiritual senses. Prayer and fasting builds your faith. Hallelujah. It clears all the clogging things out of the way so that you can see God, believe God, and see the hand of God. So prayer and fasting will clear the way. Hallelujah. 
so that you and I can do God's work knowing who we are, knowing who he is, and knowing the mission that he has given us. So this kind of unbelief will only go out by prayer. Jesus was not talking about the demon because in that, if he, if he was, he would be saying, you know what, some demons are stronger. If, if, if you use my name, some demons are stronger than the power of my name. No, he was not saying that. What he was saying is, you know, the thing is, as I said, demons know and they instantly obey. Humans are a little bit lackadaisical, you know. <laughs> it takes time for them to trust God, build their faith. So he says, this kind of unbelief will go out as you pray and fast and seek the face of God. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you individually. Don't, don't just wait for Pastor Grant to call a day of prayer and fasting. You yourself develop that. Paul talks about, I fast often. Develop that for your own personal strength as a child of God. And let me tell you this, as you do it, the more you do it, the better. Of course, do it with wisdom. Be guided by the Spirit of God. But as you do that, you will realize your spiritual life is building up. Things that were a problem to you, things that would hinder you, would just be cleared out of the way. Hallelujah. Because your level of faith is emerging. So Jesus says, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, one of the things I, I uh, you know, Kathy and I can testify of some of the things the Lord has brought us through as, as, as servants of, of the Lord. Uh, and I want to share a couple testimonies with you. Things we have seen the Lord do. In one of the churches where we ministered, there was that uh, one of the deacons in the church who, you know, his daughter, one day, he came to, to, to church and he told us, look, I don't know what's going on with my daughter, but my daughter has been taken with something I cannot describe. All of a sudden, she's gone out of her senses. She, she, she just talks gibberish. Nonsense, things that don't, don't make sense. Not only that, but, but, but what, ha what has happened to her, it's like, it's like the, 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 the enemy has taken her, even her physical body and twisted so her toes would be twisted towards the back and her heels would be facing front. That, and she would waggle, she couldn't walk, she couldn't walk. So when she said that, we realized, well, who will go to pray? Because as Christians, Pentecostals... <laughs> So we organized a group. We went one night. It was Tuesday night. We went to the house and we began to pray. And Pastor Grant, we prayed, <laughs> we, we rebuked, we commanded, and we didn't see anything happen. We didn't see anything happen. So while the people were there praying, you know, I just, I, you know, I just say, Lord, I'm not happy with what's going on. It is not you. <laughs> It is us, so show me what is wrong. So I stepped outside of the house. I went at the back of the house, the building. And I just began to space and, and say, God, show me what's wrong. Show me what's wrong. Show me what's wrong. And I could hear the believers praying, and I could hear the demon talking through the young woman. Still talking, still talking. Gibberish. While I was out in the yard, 
Pastor Graham, the Lord just, somehow, it, it, it had never happened to me before. The Lord just directed me to a flower pot in which a plant was planted, a small plant. I, I couldn't understand it, but I knew the Lord was directing me to that particular plant. So I went. And I picked it up. <laughs> I just picked it up in my hands. As I picked it up and I was examining it, the girl who was possessed, she could not see me. She's inside the building, but she was telling the people what I was doing. <laughs> She's telling the people, hey, he picked it up. He picked it up. He have it in his hand. I heard it. <laughs> so when I heard it, I say, okay, Lord, I know what's going on here. So I took authority in the name of Jesus over whatever that plant was, was or whatever was connected to it. And then I called one of the brothers who had a truck, a pickup truck. I said, come, take me with that pickup truck. We're going to dump this. So we drove to an area that was inaccessible. And we dumped this plant. And we drove back to the house. When we arrived at the house, everything is calm. No more prayer meeting. The girl is in her right senses. When she saw me, she began to smile. So I asked her, do you know what happened? She said, yes. You took that plant and you went to throw it. <laughs> I asked her, how did you get that plant? She said, somebody gave it to me on my birthday. And let me tell you this. I'm saying this to say that sometimes when there is a problem in the casting out of devils or demons, it is because there is some link somewhere. There, uh, um, Dr. The late Dr. Lester Sumrall, he wrote a book about um, contact objects. Contact objects. So that plant was a contact object. We could have prayed from January to December unless we had dealt with that contact objects, object that girl will still be possessed. So sometimes it is linked to some other thing that has to be dealt with. There is a root cause why the demon will not leave. Are you with me? There was a link with that girl. Whatever it was, she said, somebody gave it to me on my birthday. So let me say to you, since, be wise when you travel and you go to various countries. Be led by the Spirit of God. Be sensitive as to what souvenirs you buy and bring to your house. Be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Ask him for advice. And be, let me tell you, he will tell you. <laughs> he will tell you. He will put, if you should not, he will, he will put a check inside of your spirit and say, uh -uh, it's pretty. It looks, you know, just the right thing. But don't. Amen? Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I, I remember, I, I have a friend in North Georgia. His name is Pastor Larry Pruitt. Pastor Larry Pruitt, he came to Dominica at the church where we were pastoring and, and um, to minister, and he ministered. He had his son with him and another friend. And his son, you know, loved the Lord, young man, you know, vigorous about serving the Lord. And after a couple of years, a few years, we visited Pastor Larry in, um, in Athens, Georgia. And and um, when we went to his, he said, you know, I don't understand. My son has turned so rebellious. 
He's disrespectful. He hates church. He doesn't have anything to do with the Lord. I said, oh, that's that, why? You know, because he was, so, he was so excited about Jesus when he visited. He was, he was really there. He was really there. So um, I, I, I didn't pray for the son then, Pastor, Pastor Grant. But we were at his home, and I entered his living room. When I entered his living room, again, <laughs> the, sometimes the Lord just does it with me. The Lord just drew my attention to a, 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 a reasonable-sized doll, a doll that was sitting on one of the chairs. And the language or the body language of the doll was, I am monarch of all I survey. I'm in charge here. So I spoke to my friend and I, said, I asked him, how did he get that doll? He said, I bought it in a foreign country. I said to him, my, my brother, I am sorry to tell you, I don't tell you what to do, but this is the cause of your son's affliction. There was some connection with the spirit world in relation to that doll. And let me tell you something. The people who make those dolls, they do all kinds of see me, de me. You don't know. They have their purpose. You as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a stranger, you just think, well, it's a normal thing. But sometimes it is a contact object. So, you know, so the, so the brother, he took the doll and he did away with it. So, <laughs> a few months I spoke to him because I would call him sometimes on the phone. And I asked him, you know, how is your son doing? He said, oh, he is doing great. He is now married. He is serving the Lord. I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And let me say this, beloved. Sometimes those devils operate through contact objects, Pastor Grant. And so when, uh, that's why I'm saying you don't have to spend another day. That is why some people feel intimidated. Because what the demon wants to do is to wear us out. If we don't know, he will wear us out. I remember Reverend, I don't know if you ever heard of Reverend Dennis White. Reverend Dennis White was, was one of the superintendents in the Caribbean, of the Pentecostal Assemblies in the Caribbean. Reverend Dennis White <laughs> shared with us, as a matter of fact, another um, student friend of myself, he took us with him because he was going to pray for a girl that was possessed with a demon. As we entered the house, the husband of that young lady spoke to us and said, she tried to kill herself. She had a, but, uh, she had a whole big bottle, a whiskey bottle of Gramaxone. Gramaxone is a weedy side that people use in the Caribbean. She had a whole bottle of Gramaxone, weedy side, and she was going to drink it. I had time to stop her. And while we were driving on the highway, she tried to open, at full speed, she tried to open the door of the car and jump out. I had to grab her. And while we were there, the girl is, is just greeting her teeth and, 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 and saying under her breath, I want to kill her. I want to kill her. I knew it was the demon. We knew it was the demon. Not that she wanted to kill herself, but the demon wanted her dead. Dead in her trespasses and sins and go to hell. That's what the demon wanted. So that was my first encounter with 
Reverend White, with, 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 with that level of warfare with Reverend Dennis White. So as we approached the young lady, Pastor Grant, all of a sudden her features changed. Her face began to light like fire and she began to growl like a lion. A kind of a strange noise. And one of the things I'm glad I was with Reverend White because he was not intimidated. So when I saw he wasn't intimidated, I know he knows what he's doing. He knows his authority. He wasn't afraid. <laughs> it's like her claws came out and she was ready to pounce, but he did not. He just commanded the demon to come out. She fell and, and he continued to say, come out of her in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Within a few minutes, the young lady just got up and she looked around and she said, what happened? <laughs> I was like, what happened? You see, the demon had every bit of her faculties. He controlled her. He was telling her what to do. She was delivered. And he shared with us an experience when, once when he went to cast out a devil. He said, he said um, I went to cast out this demon. And as I, as I went to that person... That demon released an odor that was out of this world. There is nowhere on earth I have ever smelled that odor. What was the intention, Pastor Grant, to detract? <laughs> to turn him away. Are you with me? To get him so upset that he would turn away. But he did not budge. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why? When you know who you are in Christ, you don't budge when demons do whatever they do. The Holy Spirit gives you grit, guts, and gumption. So you can face the devil no matter what antics he uses. You can say, in the name of Jesus, you have to live. Jesus knew that authority. You and I need to understand our authority and serve God accordingly. Now listen to that. Now Jesus, we see Jesus demonstrating his authority. How many moments do I have, Pastor Grant? Five. Jesus demonstrated his authority. Now listen to that. He has delegated that authority to the church. Let me see the church. Let me see the church. Come and wave back to me. Amen. He has delegated that authority to you. <laughs> I love that scripture in Hebrews 10, 11 to 13. The Bible says, Jesus, after he had offered his sacrifice, he sat down at the right hand of the Father from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. So Jesus is right now sitting at the right hand of the Father and he's waiting for you and I to act. Now, who will make the enemy his footstool? In the Psalms, the Psalms answers, The Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Who will be the subjects the instruments that God will use, you and I. God will use us as instruments. Glory to God. And let me tell you something. It is nothing to be intimidated by or afraid of because greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. 
that authority he has given to you, all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, go ye in that authority and teach all nations. So there are four things I want to say to us before I close. It's Number one, we must understand our enemy. Ephesians chapter 6. We must use the right weapons. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Know the nature <coughs> of our struggle. We are fighting against unseen forces. I remember uh, one evangelist, you know, the first time I heard that word, I didn't know that word before within the context of the church. He said, he said don't refer to the devil as supernatural. Refer to him as preternatural. We have a preternatural force that we are dealing with. Unseen, but it's potent. But we are not afraid. We have what it takes inside of us. Jesus' is authority. Hallelujah. And fourthly, focus on the right objective. What is God's objective? John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him. God's objective is people. Are you with me, saints? And let me tell you something. Hallelujah. I believe God is going to use this body of people. Do not despise the day of small beginnings as the Lord said. Because he's going to use you. Hallelujah. He's going to use you, sister. Glory to God. To raise up a mighty army in this community. It is not you doing it. It is he doing it through you. He says, I myself, there is an emphasis in the Greek, I myself will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So, build yourself in the Lord. Do what is necessary. Spend time in his presence in prayer and fasting. And let me say this. The authority he has placed within you will emerge, will rise, hallelujah, to face whatever challenge the enemy raises as you seek to build his kingdom in this community. And expect, in other words, look for the days when this will be too small. Hallelujah. When God will say, break down the walls and spread from right, left, front, and back. Because I'm about to do a new thing in this place. Father, we thank you this morning. We submit to your divine authority here. And we trust you to take us to the next dimension. Because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. Thank you, Pastor Grant.